And it's time for our Tuesday Analyzing the Lyric podcast session. How you doing, man? You doing all right out there? Yeah, I'm going to kick things off here with uh, Shed So Many Tears by Tupac Shakur. Hmm? How does that float your boat? How you like them apples? Isn't it interesting how I have a Notorious B.I.G. shirt? We're going to be analyzing a Tupac song. Uh-oh. I come from that era, by the way. I embraced it. I did. I found it fascinating. Very interesting. I recognized the talent within the rhyme and uh, the poetry of the culture and the uh, revealing of the inner workings of many of these kids, man, who uh, grew up in a location where gang activity, drugs, and murder and all sorts of treacherous ways was um, as common as breathing air. Broken families, right? Chaos, division, disorderly communities uh, infected and burdened by um, lawlessness. Lawlessness. And so uh, a great many of these youths growing up in such, uh, I suppose, desperate desperate locations and times, um, they had to find themselves or create within themselves an outlet, a way in which they could express what they could see and what they were experiencing. How can I express this existence and uh, the things I am seeing with my eyes and experiencing? Uh, well, the arts, right? Writing. I still I do that. I've always I, it was one of the outlets I found that helped me as well. You write, you go, you go through some very traumatic moments in life, some very deep sorrows. You write. For some others, it may be I don't know going to the gym or <laughs> which is a good solution as well. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know it's just uh, the expression and the form therein, artistically licensed to. Um, if you will, uh, allow the oh, comfort that we so desperately seek, uh, a way out, if you will. So uh, Pac was no different in his um, reality, and Pac was real in his words, obviously, speaking of the very things he lived through. And um, it's interesting to me how he had the insight, foresight, almost creating his reality through the penmanship he wrote in regards to his uh, untimely demise. But I say untimely, maybe he timed it that way as well. I mean, he was fascinated with it. He had a lure to it. And, and all of us who've lived um, in the Gentile way, <laughs> in the pagan worldview, if you will, um, death is fascinating. We embrace it. Uh, and uh, we rush towards it, it seems, eagerly so, knowing that there's probably an eternal um, punishment and consequence to our rebellion, right? And uh, Pac wrote a song that was quite powerful. It always stuck with me. I am, of course, uh, was a very strong Tupac fan. I embraced the sound of the tune in which he rhymed over, and I also could just... Um, truly um, recognize the depth of talent he had in expressing his words and putting them together in such a way that was truly rhythmic, uh, 
I would say not as much as Biggie Smalls in the talent of rhythm and rhyme, but uh, Pac had uh, the realness to him. He had that realness edge to him, a very rough edge that uh, Biggie Smalls did not have. So both of them, of course, to their own honored and respected talents. But uh, Pac wrote uh, Shed So Many Tears, So Many Tears, and that song is just one of them that truly sticks out for me. So I figured we'd open up the lyric and have ourselves a conversation about that. What do you think? that all right? By all means, please consider subscribing, following, liking, sharing, drop a comment, all that kind of good stuff supports the Added Souls ministry. You can sign up to addedsouls.locals.com. Have yourself some exclusive content there, and that uh, financially supports uh, the Added Souls ministry through the Maya family. As we labor along the East Coast Church of Christ over here on the East Coast of Canada, It's a beautiful mission, and we have a growing, beautiful church filled with love and family and culture. So uh, by all means, uh, please consider doing that um, uh, over at addedsouls.locals.com. There's also the PayPal option, and there's also, of course, a physical address if you need one. Reach out to me. We can have a video chat. We can have phone call, whatever is necessary if you have questions or concerns. That all right? So, um, yeah, Shed So Many Tears by Tupac Shakur. Let's open up here. Let's open up here the uh, lyric, if we will. My computer's a bit... There we go. All right. So Many Tears. I shall not fear no man but God. You know, that opening statement there, quoting the traditional ways uh, that we at times describe that moment, though I walk through the valley of death, so on and so forth. And then the... the, the, uh, the lyric itself begins and says, Back in elementary, I thrived on misery. Let Left me alone, I grew up amongst a dying breed. Again, you have to put yourself in the mind of this individual. By all means, I encourage you to go look at his document, or his, uh, what do you call that, his biography, and uh, the things Tupac went through, and uh, all that kind of stuff. I, I did that homework. Again, I've been with Pac since the beginning. I knew him way back with the Digital Underground days, you know, and uh, way back uh, all the way over there with Pac. I always saw him to have a talent and uh, stuck with him. And I wept bitterly when he passed away. And he passed away in the like manner, of course, of his lyrics once he had, of course, signed his soul to the devil (laughs) over there at uh, Death Row Records. But, um, yeah, back in elementary, I thrived on misery. That's what was the fueling source of his youth, you know, in that location and the things he could see around him. Of course, Pac speaking as well as a mouthpiece for those around him as well who could not have or did not have the talent or opportunity to speak these words in form and rhyme as he did. Back in elementary, I thrived on misery. What is misery? Well, it's not joy. It's not happiness. It is despair, is it not? Despair and sorrow left me alone. I grew up amongst a dying breed, the dying kind, the gang culture, where colors and sets can either protect you for one day, but the next have you executed, right? That's what he would see. Family members, friends, neighbors getting shot dead in the streets, right? Inside my mind, he says, couldn't find a place to rest. 
there was no resting location for my thoughts until I got that thug life tatted on my chest. Purpose. He created his own ministry of mind, a location where he could find purpose in what he is and what he is to do, if you will. So once he got that thug life tatted on his chest, well, something came about from that. And of course, he had his own philosophy to it, his own theology to thug life, which the rest of the world, of course, perceived quite differently than his own description and defi definition of term. Um, most of the world look at thug life as something thuggish. Is the thuggish ruggish bone? There's another one we could do further on down the line. Well, um, yeah, it's not seen in an upright, morally uh, decent way when we speak of thug. And uh, so, of course, that listed him in a certain light or darkness, if you will. But to him, in his mind, this had to do with the environment he was in and something that could perhaps be hopeful uh, in his life, in his mind, making sense of all this death around him. Until I got a thug life tatted on my chest. Then he says, tell me, can you feel me? I'm not living in the past. You want to last? Be the first to blast. Then he goes into, of course, an example of that very practice in which he makes practical. You want to survive in these streets? You, you, you best be the one shooting first. And you best hit your target. Because if you're not the one... Man, in these streets, we're soldiers. We're at war. We all got to pack that heat, man, because when the opposition turns that corner, they'll drop you, man. They will. If you don't shoot first, you will die. There ain't no reasonable conversation here. It's not a mature state of community where we can just talk out our differences and have ourselves respected and honored in all oppositions where we have a legal way forward. No, 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 no. This is savage life, man. This is ruthless. The enemy's going to murder you, so you have to murder them. Okay, tell me, can you feel me? I'm not living in the past. You want to last? Be the first to blast. Remember Cato? No longer with us. He's deceased. Call on the sirens. Seen him murdered in the streets. Now rest in peace. Uh, interesting, of course, in the dialect he pens down, and we can understand to a certain degree. Some of us, of course, I myself have lost friends. One of them shot dead, uh, and, uh, you know, that was a very difficult moment for me in my life. We were 19 years old. He bore my name, and we were best friends, and uh, we were involved in a lot of things we should not have been involved with, which involved of course, drugs and crazy people around us and uh, that kind of organized crime menta mentality, right? And uh, sadly, uh, a young man, my best friend at the time, uh, got shot dead. So you kind of feel that if only he would have shot first, you know, uh, he would not have had to depart so young. But that's where Pox Penn writes, where he sees these things in his community. He experiences these things and he, he knows what's up. You can't, you can't, uh, you can't be caught slipping. You can't be caught weak. Shoot first. If not, remember what happened to this guy. If we don't shoot first, this is what happens. Another mother crying at a funeral. Is there a heaven for a G? He says, a G, a gangster. Is there a heaven for such a, an individual? Remember me. So many homies in the cemetery. 
shed so many tears. It's a sorrowful song. It's a song of morbid despair. There's no hope. There's no rhyme or reason to all this murder. Murder. You just have to act as an animal and shoot first. I wonder, though, is there an eternal life for individuals like us in the streets and the gang violence of the inner cities? Is there something out there for us? Will we be in heaven? Well, that's an important question, of course, that Pock was asking himself, though sadly he never pursued the answer. And the answer, of course, is available, and no man can depart this earth involved in lawless activities such as murder and be found in paradise. It just is what it is. But uh, nonetheless, we honor and respect the talent and uh, mind of this fallen world as we, now Christians, separated away from our past life and all these lawless endeavors, uh, we tried our best to give hope to the people who are snared in these inner-city gang violent, violence activities, violent activities to know that there is a better way, man. There is a better way. It ain't dying in the streets over color. It really isn't. <laughs> you ain't gonna drop that east or that west and all that kind of stuff and get shot for it. Why do that, man? There's no need for it. There's a better way out. So anyways, he says, is, is there a heaven for a G? Remember me. So many homies in the cemetery shed so many tears. When you've seen so much death, wouldn't life sound like a message you'd want to hear? You would think so, but we find comfort in death. There is warmth and comfort under the wing of a dragon, the very beast that could devour us in flames at any time. Why is that? We're strange creatures, aren't we, in this fallen world? Creatures who desire the temporal emotions of the flesh. Why gang violence growing up in those things? You are taught to love pride and control and violence and sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and all those things uh, weaned into a worldview that is filled with chaos. Is there a heaven for a G? Remember me. No, there isn't, sadly. Sadly. Again, I wept bitterly for a great many, many weeks for Pac, and uh, I probably still would today if I were to view uh, his content or things of that nature or listen a bit uh, to his um, discography, which is, uh, I've not been able to do that, you know, for many years. But uh, yeah, so he says, ah, I suffered through the years and shed so many tears. Lord, I lost so many peers and shed so many tears, lost so many of my friends. Again, he's speaking of his own experience and also the experience of the neighborhood and those around him who, you know, have a, how should I say, you have no true motivation to create a career or to be something in life because your life expectancy is very short. Life is cheap in the streets where gang violence is found. Uh, so he says, of course, I suffered through the years and shed so many tears. Lord, I lost so many peers and shed so many tears. You want to know how to reach people, how to become all things to all men and speak a language they can understand? You have to allow yourself the ability of strength within the conscience to read and listen to what they are saying. 
You may not have experienced those things. Some of us may have either or. You can be effective for the Christ in converting souls to follow our Lord and Master away from death and destruction, sin and lawlessness, of course, if we understand them. Sadly, what you find is a great many Christians who become stiff-necked in their self-righteous hypocrisy and find themselves tyrannical brutes who are not approachable and incapable of love or affection or compassion or understanding uh, these very things. And so they become mechanical and non-productive. They don't produce anything. They can't be the light Christ called them to be for this dying world, because they themselves remain in darkness, though cloaked in sheep's clothing as the wolves they are, devouring the weak. Can't be productive that way. You cannot be a branch producing fruit for our Lord and Master that way. We must soften our thoughts, never to compromise our faith, mind you, never to mirror the behavior and language of this fallen world, which is filthy and foul and filled with all sorts of uh, destructive uh, practices. No, not at all. But there is a way where you can speak to the youth and you can speak to those who are in the throes of great violence or death or broken homes. Um, interestingly enough, while with my time, blessed as it was in Tennessee, um, they recognized my ability to speak to troubled youth, and so they would have me in locations where I could speak to troubled youth. And it was interesting to me that some of the teachers and some of the preachers and some of the adult supervisions uh, would approach me and say, you know, this, this kid never, he, he's not been talking to us, he's never opened up to any of us, but with you he found a connection. Um, again, I could not have learned these things if it would not be for the Bible. The Bible taught me how to communicate from my past life and the things I experienced and to utilize that, craft that in a way that can be approachable to some of these kids who grew up in so many ways contrary to an upright and decent family unit, right? Okay, so we keep going. Bit of an excursion there for you, but we go back into the lyricism of our departed friend Tupac Shakur. He says, now that I'm struggling in this business, you see, speaking of his youth, looking back in the memory of his upbringing and the location of violence and the things he experienced, losing friends and all that kind of stuff. Now he's in the music business, right? He's made it, he stepped into this realm, which again, they most celebrities would claim success, but they're still snared in the throes of lawlessness. I mean, <laughs> Hollywood is almost just as destructive and, and, and violent and um, sinful as street life and gang activity. It really is. The difference is you have fame and money, but you're still going to die in the throes of, uh, of destruction, sadly. See, so he says, now that I'm struggling in this business, by any means, label me greedy, getting green, but seldom seen. The, of course, attraction to monetary possession, the love of money. I get to buy things I would have never been able to buy in the streets. I now have wealth. I can purchase those fancy cars, those fancy clothes, those fancy vacations, that fancy jewelry, and all kinds of uh, fancy women, fast women, and, and so on and so forth. This 
charming lure of debauchery, lasciviousness, and, um, uh, well, death, ultimately. So I'm struggling in this business by any means. Label me greedy, getting green, but seldom seen. And I can't use this word. I will not utilize this word. I'll replace this word. And never mind, if you will, with the world, because I'm cursed. So I'm like, who cares what the world has to say? I'm cursed. I'm having visions of leaving here in a hearse. God, can you feel me? So he's speaking, of course, of his demise to come. Though he understands where he's at, having given himself purpose through this theology he's created with thug life, this worldview of thug life, um, it's not enough to alleviate the burden of sin upon his mind. It's not enough to release him from the shackles of the curse. So he speaks it in penmanship. Leaving here in a hearse, God, can you feel me? He speaks to God. He speaks of death. It's interesting, isn't it? It's interesting how he has that within his conscience. Take me away from all the pressure, he says, and all the pain. Take me away from all the pressure and all the pain. Show me some happiness again. I'm going blind. I spend my time in this cell. He was doing time. Over, I think it was uh, an abuse allegation or things of that nature. Again, Pac was not a man to uphold as, uh, what should I say here, um, as the idol or some sort of parental example to follow. Not the example. He was, you know, a crazy rebellious dude. Uh, but he wrote these these songs that are so memorable, to me anyways, and a great millions more, of course. So he says, take me away from all the pressure and all the pain, show me some happiness again, again, thinking of where... And this is what's so interesting, really, as we analyze this and we make sense of this. He recognizes innocence somewhere. Well, of course, at the moment of conception, at the moment of conception, ensoulment takes place. You are found as a human being, either male or female, and you have worth, you have identity, and you are innocent. You are. From the moment of conception, you are to be protected through the sovereignty of life given in the freedom and privilege of our Lord and Master. You are a human being from that very moment, and you are innocent until the age of accountability the age in which the law now will apply to you and you are accountable to it with an independent thinking mind, free will. That period of time, grace allocated as you are a child of the kingdom, you belong to God, you are innocent. Of course, we as human beings practice our flaw upon our independence and choose to sin to participate in lawless activities which alienates us, separates us from the friendship of God and ultimately the location in which he is found, paradise, heaven. We can't enter there to see the Father, to be with the Father eternally without the Son. And Pac understands that there was a moment in his life of that innocence. It's interesting to me because now he sees death. Now it's destruction. Now 
he is departing soon to meet God. And so he seeks this innocence. Sadly, he did not go towards it. He says, I spend my time in a cell, ain't living well. I know my destiny is hell. Where did I fail? My life is in denial. And when I die, baptized in eternal fire, I'll shed so many tears. Interesting again, speaking words of his coming doom. An eternal destruction awaits him, and he knew it. He spoke it. He may not have believed it fully. Maybe he did. But that is indeed the location found for all who die outside of the Christ. And it's so captivating to see the inner mind of this man through the penmanship of this lyricism. I spend my time in this cell, ain't living well. So you see he was physically jailed. He is physically in a cell, and he is also spiritually jailed because his mind is snared in the destination of hell and eternal destruction. And that is so sad for many just like him. Live a life of chaos, violence and death and sin, and they die, depart this earth to live eternally within the realm of torment. That's so sad. It was not necessary. Through his free will, he could have chose a different path in his life, but he did not. Nonetheless, we love him and miss him greatly. I spend my time in this cell, ain't living well. I know my destiny is hell. Where did I fail? Like, where's the location of my failure? My life is in denial. He's living a falsehood. He knows that. My life is in denial, and when I die, because of this falsehood, because of this narrative I've chosen to pen down and live by, I wrote down the code of my life, he says. And because of that, there is a failure, there is a denial, a life of a lie. And that is important because if he would have only tapped into the inspiration of the scriptures, he would have known that the truth, which is reality, would have set him free from the bondage of denial and failure. It would have set him free from the captivity, the enslavement of his own mind within a physical cell that he was found, seeking a way out. Thug life was not the way out. I thought it was too. Yeah, I thought it was too, right there. It wasn't. A life of organized crime and death, man, it ain't it. It ain't it. I'd much rather... Uh, live this life that God has blessed me to have through his grace and mercy to be happily married to a beautiful and faithful wife three beautiful children purposed to proclaim the word to produce this content for you what a wonderful beautiful life it's not an easy one it's filled with persecution and all sorts of other things but man what a beautiful life it's much better than where I used to live in the distribution of hardcore narcotics and some of the greatest corrupt powers our side of the map has to produce. And I have lost friends, and I've seen enough of it to have triggered my thoughts into a different direction and asked the question, is there a God? What about these pesky, crazy Christians? Is there actually some sense and logic to the things they believe and say? Ah, a bit of an excursion there for you. Going back to the lyricism. 
It says, uh, baptized in eternal fire, I'll shed so many tears. Then he goes on, of course, to say, Lord, I suffered through the years and shed so many tears. Lord, I lost so many peers and shed so many tears. Lost people I cared for and loved. And so, again, many tears, right? Tattooed tears. The tattooed tear through, of course, the murder. And that is uh, part of the gang life mentality and the way the streets operate. And if you aren't quick and wit with the wise and the wisdom of the street code, uh, you will be devoured or you will be murdered. He continues and says, now I'm lost and I'm weary. So many tears. I'm suicidal, so don't stand near me. I'm not safe. I'm not the one you should follow. I'm not the example. I'm not the role model. He's blind. He's in denial. He is in failure. All he's known is death, and violence, activity of such ways. But there was something in all of that turmoil that gave him the innocence of mind and conscience to know there is a God and there is an eternal life or eternal death. And he is, of course, going towards eternal death. He knows that. Now I'm lost and I'm weary. So many tears. I'm suicidal. So don't stand near me. I no longer value my life. And if I no longer value my life, it is quite probable that I'm not going to value yours as well. So if you're in my way, I'll take you down with me. My every move is a calculated step to bring me closer to embrace an early death. Interesting. He wrote this several years prior to the night he was shot and ultimately passed away. So sad. A young man filled with so much opportunity filled with so many opportunities so much potential but they're in from the streets to the industry and let's just keep it real man like i know the hip-hop industry <laughs> um the hip-hop industry just takes from what is in the streets and amplifies it it really does and we've gone away from the artist verbally rhyming his entourage his experience in the in the borough in the in the hood in the gang life inner city mentality being able to express that in a form that would allow him a ticket out of that location to now what we see is emboldening it emboldening the weaknesses these industries take advantage of these kids weaknesses and give him all kinds of wealth and fame and money and women all that stuff to continue to live a, a gang life mentality. I mean, go on, write down the list of hip-hop artists who are now deceased. I know that list. It keeps running long. Why? Because it's no longer about the art and the music. It's about the money and the violence. It's about this fast life. Well, what use is that? You're not even going to be able to sit down and relax with the hard work you've uh, been involved in. I mean, you're going to die. You're going to get shot. Pac never got to receive the true blessings of, uh, of the riches he attained because he was putting his investment in an earthly riches. Uh, and uh, that's not heavenly wealth. So he says, and it continues, of course, 
My every move is a calculated step to bring me closer to embrace an early death. Now there's nothing left. There was no mercy on the streets. I couldn't rest. I'm barely standing, about to go to pieces, screaming peace. And though my soul was deleted, I couldn't see it. I had my mind full of demons trying to break free. They planted seeds and they hatched, sparking the flame inside my brain like a match. Such a dirty game. No memories, just a misery. Painting the picture of my enemies killing me in my sleep. Will I survive till the morning to see the sun? Please, Lord, forgive me for my sins, because here I come. Interesting, again, through the lens of denominational oceans and their creed, statements of faith, the books they've added here, there, and everywhere, the traditions of their teachers and religious leaders or the community, mom, dad, neighbors, co-workers, friends, whoever, the mindset of the conscience written in this format, interesting, sorrowful, sorrowful, so unfortunate, yet look at the language. The man had the ability to reason and think. If only he would have captivated that and went with it instead of just putting it down on paper and continuing down the path of his demise. But look at how it's written. It's so, um, how should I say, um, memorable for sure. I'm barely standing, about to go to pieces, screaming peace, and though my soul was deleted, a removal of the soul, of course, meaning he's lost the conscience to care. He's become a shell, a ghost of sorts. And I've seen individuals become that thing. They come, become this empty shell, uh, void of any emotional compassion or care, if you will, fully corrupted. It could be through fear or cowardice in becoming the recipient of a toxic environment, toxic people. Sadly, I've seen family members get involved with toxic individuals, which ultimately brought them to becoming just a shell, a coward, a fearful individual, snared in all sorts of, of falsehoods, uh, sadly. So he speaks of these things, and he speaks of demons, he speaks of God, he speaks of the afterlife, he speaks of his own death. He, of course, was writing down what was coming his way, and uh, that is indeed sad. So it continues, and it says, Lord, I suffered through the years, God, and shed so many tears. God, I lost so many peers. Of course, he speaks these things. Lord knows I tried, been a witness to homicide. To see death right in front of you, it's, um, it stays with you. It doesn't go away. It's something that stays with you, if, more so even if you are in a, if you are young, and your mind is not ready for the maturity of what you've just witnessed. It it just, it can it can mess mess you up pretty bad. Lord knows I've tried, been a witness to homicide, seen drive-bys taking lives, little kids die. How do you how are you supposed to grow up and have a normal life, right? Well, believe it or not, you can. It's it's possible. It it doesn't mean it's easy, but we can persevere through those things we've seen and experienced in our lives. Um, again, I've looked at 
every possible solution and remedy that the world had to offer and none of it had anything of substance to help me go through life except the Christ the information that I could read in the 27 books of the New Testament Bible really I I mean I don't know man that's that's me I started reading reading the book and it just made sense to me. I stopped listening to third-party puns and, and, and critics and oppositions and, and whatever they had to say about the interpretation of the Bible and whatever they wanted me to believe about this, that, and the other. And I just went to the book itself. I wanted to hear it from the horse's mouth, if you will. I wanted to know if this book had anything of value in my life. Could it help me? Could it give me another perspective and all that kind of stuff? And it did. It does. It really works. But it takes the right kind of heart. I... I wanted to know. I truly, genuinely wanted to know. And so when you read it with that kind of a heart, you're humbled to the information which it reveals. And then you start to see the living word, how it breathes in your life. And uh, you get to know truly who Jesus Christ was. And wow, it's a big difference. When you choose to follow him, you go away from all this death that Pac penned down and you go into this new life and uh, hope. So those of us who've gone through a lot of bad things can learn how to live with them and not allow those bad things to define us and destroy us. Nah, I'm saying, man. Okay. So Lord knows I've tried. Been a witness to homicide, seen drive-bys taking lives. Little kids die. Wonder why as I walked by. Wonder why. Why is this death happening? Why is all this evil taking place? And there was a time, of course, it was easy to say there is no God. Why? Because of all this murder, all this evil, all this violence. If there would be a God, a loving God, as you so say there is, then why would there be all this evil? Guess what? There's an answer to that question. I found it. I really did. I didn't think it existed. I thought it was just a way to prove there is no God. But it, it, strangely enough, it actually activated as evidence proving that there is a higher power. I, I found the answer. I really did. If, if you'd like the answer, if you're truly searching that answer, I can send you a link into a study that helped me make sense of it. But anyways, to that end, he continues, wonder why as I walk by, seeing all this death, right? Brokenhearted as I glance at the chalk line, getting high. This ain't the life for me. I want to change, but ain't no future right for me. I'm stuck in the game. I'm trapped inside a maze. I find that <laughs> there's a reason I, I truly um, enjoyed, or maybe enjoyed is not the right word. There's a reason I followed Pac and his music. I mean, he taps into a lot of, uh, a, a great many of us and our experiences. Maybe not to the same measurement or the same location, but the spirit, if you will, the principle of things that he's speaking. When I say spirit, I mean the words he speaks, the wind that comes out of his mouth and the things he speaks. That's spirit. Um, we could relate to from one angle to the next. And uh, that's why I think he's found such a broad range of audience uh, because a great many of us can, can tap into that kind of desperation, that kind of confusion he says, brokenhearted as I glance at the chalk line. Again, the chalk line, homicide, death, getting high. 
Why? Because we're trying to drown out, drown out the pain and we don't know where to go. We don't know what to do about it. So, how, I mean, what, you want me to take pharmaceuticals? No, I'm just going to get high with what I have. Brokenhearted as I glance at the chalk line getting high. This ain't the life for me. I want to change. I really do. I, I, it goes back to his lyric, Lord knows I've tried. I'm, I'm trying to get out of this mess, but the snare of the flesh is so deep, right? I know what that's all about. I want to change. I just can't. You can. But we tell ourselves we can't because if we're being very honest again, we found comfort under the wing of a dragon and we don't want to leave. We can. It can be done. Oh, it'll come at a very drastic cost. I know what that looks like. Have to let go of the, uh, the property, the, the, the clothes, the friends, the family. The, you got to let it all go. You got you to change. Changing means you're changing your mind. You're changing your life. That's what the Bible would call repentance. You're repenting. You're changing. Once your mind changes, your life changes along with your mind. And you're no longer found in the elements that you were practicing in your past life. That's what he was seeking. I want to. But I'm not going to do it. Why didn't he do it? Because the flesh is strong if you allow it to be. And he found comfort under the wing of a dragon. And he knew that the cost of leaving that life, true repentance, would have a lot involved with consequence. And he didn't, I mean, but look at how it ended. You see, sometimes we do that, don't we? It will be too much trouble to change. I want to, but I can't. I'm trapped in this lifestyle. Dude, you're going to die there. Why not? leave that lifestyle. And if you die leaving that lifestyle, at least you've died for the right cause. <laughs> right? It's almost like, here comes a Star Wars reference. Be, be, be aware. Warning, warning. Darth Vader. Darth Vader, right? At the last minute he gets redemption because he saves his son from the evil emperor. Right? You've saved me, son. Well, at least he died, of course, in this fictional realm of, of the movie world, but he, he died in good position, spiritually, in his mind, because he did something right. He did something good. He was ready for departure now. If he would have departed still as one activated in the evil works of the emperor, that would have been the end for him. There would have not been an afterlife for him, would, which would have greeted him in peace. Uh, not at all. Pock should have left. Even if what he was involved with would have murdered him, he would have been murdered at least within the realms of something right and good and decent, away from all the turmoil and chaos and murder. Um, when we ch when we went away from our past life, when I changed, I was well aware that perhaps someone from my past life had a beef with me somewhere somehow that could have ended in my life being taken away. But I was much more ready ready to be uh, taken away as one following Jesus then taken away as one following, uh, well, the world. So, a bit of an excursion there, back to the lyric. He says, uh, da, 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 But ain't no future right for me. I'm stuck in the game. I'm trapped inside a maze. Can't leave. So desperate. So It's so sad and morbid. And, 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 man. See this Tangare influenced me to getting crazy. Disillusioned lately. He's high on drugs, he's high on liquor, he's trying to drown out the pain, he's living in this trap. I've been really wanting babies, so I could see a part of me that wasn't always shady. There's still something in him that, though he's 
full, you know, he's fully involved with this chaos and this death and violence and this life, this corruption. There's still something in him he identifies as innocent. What is that? Well, I still want to make babies. And he identifies babies as something pure. Remember, he in his lyric previously, he said he wants to go back to an innocence. He wants to find that innocence he once had. So he knows it exists in his conscience. He knows it's there. He speaks words like God. He speaks words like forgiveness. Yet he's trapped in this world of death. I'm hearing noises. Uh, think she's with all my boys. Can't take no more. I'm falling to the floor, begging for the Lord to let me in to heaven's door. Shed so many tears. Dear God, please let me in. Begging God in a format, of course. And sadly, ultimately, it may have been vain. It may have not. It doesn't matter. He didn't act upon that change. He remained within the realm of death. And death came for him. Certainly did. It says, and it finishes, Lord, I've lost so many years and shed so many tears. I lost so many peers and shed so many tears. Lord, I suffered through the years and shed so many tears. God, I lost so many peers and shed so many tears. And so it is, of course, quite the uh, poetical ensemble. Uh, and, and as far as the tune itself, uh, it's a, man, it's a hard track. <laughs> it's a fire track, man. You can't, dong, 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 boom, boom. It just has that deep bass rhythm and uh, that cling, that little, I don't know, man, I can't describe it as I should, but it's uh, its a powerful one. And then you add Pox lyrics in there, a song like that, dude, it'll sell you some records. I guarantee it, man. It'll sell you some records. Strong stuff. Well, again... With all of that said, as we analyze that lyric, there is hope out there. It was available for Pac while he lived. It's available for us while we live. We don't need to die with drugs and violence. And if we were born and raised in broken homes and broken communities, inner city uh, violence, all that kind of stuff, we don't need to stay there and die, man, along with them. We don't need to be snared and trapped in a cell. We don't need to live in denial or falsehood. We can be rescued. Really. I know it. I've lived it. We can be rescued, saved from that dungeon, that loneliness, that impending doom and gloom and death and fear. Toxic. Toxic. We can be rescued away from evil people, toxic people, and environments, and we can be rescued from our own deception and, and misguided thoughts and emotions. It's done through the Christ. It really is. And there is no other name, Acts 4.12. There really isn't. But do we believe, John 3.16? Right? Do we believe? You can't believe if you don't hear it. You need to go to the scripture. You need to read it for yourself. Don't take anybody's word for it. Don't even take mine. Open the book. Start reading in the in the Gospel of Matthew. Go through it, man. Even if you don't understand everything you're reading. That's what I did. I couldn't understand three quarters of it. But I did understand a few words here and there and a few things, man. I was like, okay, all right. And I couldn't get enough of it. I had to keep reading. And then I started to pray. 
Because, I mean, if there is a God and prayer is a thing, then maybe he'll hear a crazy thug like me. Right? So then you, you read it and you pray and you keep reading. And the more and more you read, the more and more you pray, your mind starts to change. Something's going on. It's nothing supernatural. Everything is logical and defendable in an honorable court of law. But it's powerful. Though it's not supernatural, it's powerful. And it's useful. And it changes your thoughts. And it gives you that strength and courage to do what's right. To change and go away from a very toxic and destructive lifestyle. Doesn't mean you won't live with the scars. Doesn't mean you won't be tempted to go back. It Doesn't mean you won't fall off the wagon. But at least you'll have the support of a family. And over here, as we labor along the East Coast Church of Christ, man, we have a family. And it's available to you. If you really seek it, you have to seek it. You have to want it. It's part of the deal. Because God didn't create no robots. We ain't robots. We have free will thinking minds. Any religious organization that tries to th tell you, or any pagan religious view, or religious in any format, whether it call, even if it calls itself Christianity, it, if they try to tell you that you do not have control over your life and you do not have control over your mind and free will, they're lying to us. Don't believe those liars. And sadly, many of our loved ones have been snared by liars. No, we have control over our lives. God gave us that responsibility. What a blessing that is. You can think for yourself and you can act upon what you think. We don't need to die out there in the world with violence. We don't need to die out there with all its nonsense. We really don't. God can rescue us out of that death through his son, the Christ. Maybe you're on the east coast of Canada. Maybe you want to reach out. Maybe you want to study with us. The East Coast Church of Christ. Check out the .com. EastCoastChurchOfChrist.com. You want to hear a bit of the, of the teachings? Go to the East Coast Church of Christ on Facebook. We have a Facebook page. We'd love to study with you. We're all just trying to be better, man. We're all just trying to help each other equally make it to heaven here. There's a better way of life. Really, there is. I wish Pac would have, would have tapped into that. He would have had to leave the kind of lifestyle he was living. But it would have saved his life eternally. Eternally. I'm many artists I greatly miss have written similar in all facets of the music realm, country music, heavy metal, rock, and hip-hop. Well, that's all I got for you, man. Stefan Maez, is my name. AddedSouls.com is my website. Please consider subscribing, following, liking, sharing, commenting. Please, please consider signing up to AddedSouls.locals.com if you seek exclusive content to support the Added Souls ministry through the Maya family as we labor alongside the East Coast Church of Christ. That good? That okay? All right, man. Stay focused. Stay positive. Lord willing, tomorrow, 10 a.m. Atlantic Daylight Time, we'll have ourselves the study. We go live from Monday to Friday. 10 a.m. Atlantic Daylight Time. Each day has its theme. Please look at the show notes for the themes, and uh, hopefully you'll find something of substance to help you in your life this day. Peace out.